It's about getting into schools and talking to young people because, you know, I, I know that people can change. Uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever. And we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there. Absolutely. Hey there guys, we are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. This is the Chronicles of with Lydia Manson. Thank you so much for tuning in. Well, write, design, and publish a comic with my ass, boys. Welcome to Hashtag WBW, Way Back Wednesday. And these are the chronicles of Jeff Nicholson. Why Jeff this week, Jamie? Why Jeff this week? Because we haven't got many left. Yeah, that's true. It's pretty much the only reason. Nice. So, Jeff, basically what you're saying there, Jeff, is he's put you right the fucking end. He's like, oh, well, we'll just put the dribs and drabs out now. Too right. Let's just get the last little dribs and drabs, as he says. Let's scrape the barrel for the end. <laughs> no, Jeff is incredible. We love this interview. This is one of our early, early, early this is, a, this is an early one. I met Jeffrey when I was 15 years old at a little place called Haven Holidays. Um, and we became masters of the dance machine, I remember, for a week. <laughs> It's good fun, but Jeff is a good mate, lives in Scotland. Uh, he runs the Brew Gooders podcast, uh, all about beers and comics. Uh, and he obviously has his own comic called The Spirit of Enki. What I love is, when, obviously, when we do this conversation, as you'll hear all about Spirit of Enki, the comic book, it's sort of moved on a little bit now. Spirit of Enki is the publication of everything because it's not just Spirit of Enki now. He's also got another book out called Jeff and the Juniors, which is like all about right. football, which is awesome. Yeah. So go on to his Kickstarter and go. Give him a little bit of support with that one. Absolutely. And he has obviously been around at a lot of Comic-Cons in Scotland as well. I believe they did a Scottish comic world comic book world, world comic book de- day. Sorry, I was there trying to burp it. So it's because I wanted to burp and cough at the same time. I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, that was literally what was going on. So I was trying to get the words out at the same time. Remember what I was trying to say? Put them in the right order without burping and coughing. Wow. And I failed miserably. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. I do apologise. <laughs> Uh, but yes, they've been involved a lot in the Scottish World Comic. Oh my God! <laughs> it's World Comic Book Day. Thank you. Um, so yeah, go and check out the Brew Gooders podcast. Well, they are live every Thursday at eight PM UK time. Indeed, we've been guests on there before, which was an amazing time. 
So yeah, go check it out. It's a good list. I think we need to go back again because I remember I had to cut out halfway through because my signal and my battery was shit and I couldn't get on via the laptop. So uh, we'd like to recom- We'd like to come back on, Jeff, if you don't mind, please. Please, right now. And I remember I brought beer to try and look cool and be part of the show and it was the most disgusting thing I've ever drank. Was that the life. raspberry shit? <laughs> Something like that. Really yeah. But it's not good. Anyway. Love it lovingly of you. If you remember the Chronicles of Hayden Cochran a few weeks ago, Jamie brought Hayden's comic to the Brugoders. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and you showed it to the world, and it was a grand, grandioso time. Um, but, yeah, Jeff, thank you so much, mate. This was really good fun, and uh, we're probably going to think we're going to have to do it again since it's almost over two years old. Um, Jamie! Yes, sir. Any final words? Massive thank you to Jeff. Everybody, go check out all of his stuff, his podcast, his books, you name it. Go check it out and check out his amazing charity work he does as well. Absolutely. Jeff, mate, we really appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time to come and sit and chat with us. We absolutely loved it. And uh, yeah, guys, I'd, I'd say you might enjoy this one. It is, it is a lengthy one, though. Yeah. So get it, get it in your face, get it in your ears and enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the chronicles of Jeff Nicholson. Um, there's not that many, there's a few, but there's not that many superhero themed beers, which which I was trying to find. Um, I was on a podcast a couple of weeks ago about, um, I got invited on to talk about Hobgoblins, which sounds oh, totally wow. bizarre. It was like a, <laughs> it, was a um, it, was a, it was a cool podcast about um, Scottish myths and legends. So I was drinking a pint of Hobgoblin, which was really good, but um, I just grabbed a random one from the bar. That's amazing. No, oh, I like that. You're trying to find random uh, beers affiliated with whatever podcast you're doing. That's pretty fucking sweet. I like your beard, man. That's a good day. Stop <laughs> it. Fucking stop it. How are you, man? How's things? It's good to see you. I mean, people obviously can't see us, but they'll be listening to this, but still. Yeah, how's things, man? What's going on? Yeah, all right. Um, is the podcast happening? Is it? Would you just yeah, so we're away. We're fucking. We don't. We don't fucking shit about this. Is it? <laughs> just talking absolute shit. <laughs> Sorry, much how we do. Yeah, I think things are things are alright. Um, can't complain. I think there's a lot to complain about, but um, I try not to. So, how are you guys? I like that mentality, sir. I like that mentality. I'm all good. I'm. Uh, yeah, just trying to get out as much as possible at the moment. So just to feel the fresh air on my face and breathe it in, you know, since we've been locked in for so long, so. Have either of you actually braved going out today and the shops are open? Oh, yeah, you, you, you guys, our shops are all still shut up here, but you guys have got yeah. Do you know why, right? It's because Scotland do things fucking properly, whereas England, like, no, mate, I just need all the money ever in the world right now. Just Let's just get the economy. Fuck people. Let's just get the economy back in. So we can make all the money we can possibly imagine. I don't know. It's, 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 it's weird. Like um, I, I, I agree with you, but um, I think there's a, I think there's a large, <laughs> um, I think there's a large portion of, I don't know. There's a there's a generalisation that you know of an Ausvet versus their mentality when it comes to like the border with England and stuff like that. But um, it's not really like that up here. And I do. There, there's a weird sort of. Combination. Yeah, there is that mentality, like, you know, let's just look after ourselves. Nicola Sturgeon's got it. Let's go, let's, let's, let's back her up on this because yeah, she's, she's, right. she's, a, um, she's, a, she's the girl with a plan. But then um, there is that annoying, there is that annoyance that also permeates society where they are wanting to 
oh, why why do we have to get shot? Why can't we have our shops open? I think um, we're going to have we've we've got a slightly different uh, um, what can't remember what the, the plans are called. We've got a slightly different route map out of lockdown. I think coming from I think it's going to be announced on Thursday that um, you can. Um, you, if your business, if your business can have an outdoor area, you can open. So, like pubs and restaurants that have uh, tables outside, like beer gardens and places like that. But obviously, yeah. with social distancing, so I'm looking forward to that because I'm really missing the pub. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful man. Yeah, I, I saw that the uh, tourism industry is opening up in July as well. Back back up there, whereas England have got no plan for that whatsoever, and that's why I work in. So. So it's like a major. I'm not saying it isn't in Scotland. I'm not saying it isn't that in England, but you know, tourism is such a massive part of our economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, I know the. I'm I'm such an uber geek that I hold National Trust for Scotland and Historic Scotland membership, and I know that they're both struggling. And they have you know I've, I've kept my memberships on despite the fact I can't visit any of the sites, but I do know that they're. Aye, despite opening in July, that a couple of them are having really, really, you know, that's going to be a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Like some of the bigger places, where they're just like, how would, you, how can we justify opening, like places like Bannockburn, which is just essentially a visitor centre with a huge field that commemorates a battle. They're like, can we, can they justify opening at reduced capacity? Will, will, will being open for a, a third of capacity work? So it's it's hard. I mean, it's it's hard for everyone, but you you do sort of feel. Scotland does need its tourism, I think, though. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So I just want to go back to work. <laughs> That's yeah, all I want to do, really. Same. So, uh, Jamie, do you want to do proper introduction? Well, I was going to say, we probably should actually like, should, get the guest to actually introduce themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome to the show, Mr. Jeff Nicholson. Hey! hey. Woo, woo, woo. So, do you want to tell our lovely listeners, uh, why we brought you on the show today. So what, what is it you're, you're trying to sell to people? What should I sell? Um, I'm not really trying. I just I like <laughs> to chat to folks. It's totally weird doing this with Tom because um, I met Tom when I was like 15 and uh, <laughs> only because like, obviously he's, he's a good friend that I've managed to hold on to for like 18 years, which is amazing. I've never, you know, but um, we, we first met when uh, we were both kind of trying to pull these girls and uh, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> and, uh, I don't, um, somewhere in Dorset, I think it was uh, Bournemouth. No, not Bournemouth. Dorset. I'm trying to think where it was nearby. It was a caravan park anyway, though, because that was the kind of holidays we had as teenagers. But um, I was trying to get, get on with this girl from Burnley, and uh, her pal was uh, her pal Tom was trying to get on with. So we were just like, oh. We can be friends trying to pull this group of friends. That's fine. That's all okay. um, it all worked out for like eight months. Yeah. <laughs> I don't speak to either of the girls anymore. But, um, yeah, no, Tom's no. hung around. <laughs> um, well, you know, we were, we killed dance. I think we played dance machine a lot. Do you remember the dance machine, the arrows on the floor? Yeah, we absolutely nailed that. Every, I think every evening. <laughs> I think it was what won him over, mate. To be honest with you. <laughs> It was a it was a simpler time. <laughs> oh yeah, tell me about <laughs> it. Was a simpler time. Uh, yeah, so um, nah, it's nice. Thanks for having me on. Um, I have a I'm a podcast host myself. I host a podcast called The Brugaders, which I like to chat to folk about because I quite like it. Um, it's why I'm drinking beer because we're a we're a beer and comics podcast. So I, I I do listen to superhero bar fight because I'm 
comics daft and oh, geek mate. culture daft. So um, it's pretty cool. So when then when, when I saw that Jamie was looking for folk to come on a couple of weeks ago, and I said, "Oh, I would love to," and then I realised after that actually it was Jamie Westwood and <laughs> it was superhero bar fight. He was uh, trying to get guests where I was like, "That's amazing." <laughs> 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 yeah, look, I love that you po- you pointed out to me you knew Tom I was like well he's first on the list then come on come on the show <laughs> I just when you you know when when like the, the jigsaw pieces pop in then you're like yeah, oh, my, oh that's amazing and Kim, I can just try and embarrass Tom a wee bit about shite stuff we did when we were teenagers <laughs> I mean my bum it's not that embarrassing though we loved that dance machine and we loved pro, we loved pro wrestling there was actually a weird moment about 10, 12 years ago when I went down to London Oh my god! Yes, that as well. I forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> I, was, I went. I went into London, and the girl I was dating with the girl I was dating at the time um, was just really, just really cranky. Um, we were down at the O2. We went down to the O2 to see WWE Raw, and um, it was costing an arm and a leg. And but I just wanted to get into the vibe, and then I was just she was kind of nagging at me in my ear, and I did kind of look across the hall, just like. And then, I, and then I saw Tom. I was like, "No way!" And I, 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 I was quite, uh, I was quite drunk. So I ran over and I think I took a dig in your arm to get your attention. And you, you, you turned, you turned, he turned to look at me. I may be misremembering this story, but he looked at, he looked at me as if to say, "The fuck are you?" And then went, "Jay!" Brightened <laughs> <laughs> up my day. I don't. I mean, I don't remember that. I remember seeing you in the uh, in the O2. That was fucking yeah, amazing. We were in the, the queue, way. weren't we? We were the queue to get in, and folk were shouting "woo" quite a lot and stuff. Oh, that yeah. British people always do that. I think it's hilarious. Um, yeah, I just remember seeing you in the queue, and then we chatted for a bit. I, that, that was mate. How long? How was that? Was that 2008? How long ago was that now? 2007. Yeah, I think it was 2008. Seven, eight ish. Yeah. Fuck me. That's, <laughs> that's absolutely mental that I've seen you more elsewhere than either yours or mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We really that. And nice. not even planned. Not even planned. Yeah, it wasn't. And that was what was funny about it. Yeah. Uh, bye. What were we talking about? <laughs> right. I, I'm just jumping on the podcast to uh, um, reminisce with Tom. Like, it's not even. I'm not, uh, uh, I can't believe I think about asking you because when we were talking about getting guests on, I was there going, I don't fucking know to ask. I was like, just getting some groups and it's just like asking people. I can't believe I didn't think of you. I'm so sorry. No, no don't be that. Um, it is pretty cool. Um, um, what, was, what I thought was quite funny was uh, when Jamie put that, that's exactly how I look for guests for our podcast. And we've had some, I don't know how big your list has grown since you put up the advert for a oh, guest. Yeah, but, I mean, a hell of a lot. Oh, <laughs> you, but you get some really, really, we, we've, for a couple of weeks now, and so my podcast, The Brugaders, we do a, usually, when there's not a global pandemic, we will uh, go to the pub and or we'll go to various comic or beer-related events and just chat to folk, and or we'll, we'll go to the pub, or you, most of the time it would just be me and Colin sitting in a location with a couple of beers and a couple of comics that we've we picked up or that have been released over the, those weeks, and we'll just go through them and, and, and blather about, we'll, we'll, we'll grade the comics, we'll grade the beer, um, we'll take suggestions, all that kind of stuff, and um, every so often we'll ask for uh, independent comic writers to send us some stuff if they want. If they want to be featured on the show, we'll review them as well. And um, what we've done for um, lockdown, uh, pretty much what you guys have done, where we've just said like, if you want to come, you know, we we, we hold like a drop-in session, so like, you know, just it's just open, come in, chat, uh, chat about your project, and see what um, 
see where the conversation goes, and that's been really, really interesting. But um, aye, we've had some really, really interesting folk over lockdown, particularly. Um, I wrote a wee list before I went before I, I jumped on with you guys because I would forget, and it's. But, um, I was interested. Have you got any? Have you guys got anyone interesting coming up for you so that you can talk about or that? Because um, as I say, when I when I fired out a, when I fired out an advert, I got some really really interesting guys back, and it's led to some really interesting chats. Um, I've not pegged anyone in. I've got one person we're speaking to on Wednesday, but I didn't want to pre-plan too far in advance yeah, because because of everything going on with people. Some people having to go back to work and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I must have had about 10, 15 re- responses to that. I don't know if you're allowed to tell me. Have you had any weird ones that you've had to kind of? Uh, I'm just turning my oven off. Yeah, any weird ones that you've had to um, say? Oh, that, I maybe in a couple of weeks, in the, in the hope that they'll bring it up again. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm not, I won't say who, but yeah, there's a we couple of them. Like... We had one, and it was like uh, I, I was quite excited about it. Um, I'm I'm quite good at doing like a wee bit of background stuff to just make sure that we've got the right kind of guest on. Um, but I can't remember what happened last week. But this guy had very extreme views that were very at odds with uh, with mine and my co-host's views. And also the views of a large portion of the Americas right now, and we were just oh, like, hmm, like, "What could you mean?" <laughs> and we were like, um, "Yeah, this guy's maybe not a good fit for our show." And then actually, his comic looks really interesting. But when we kind of got an idea of who this guy was, it became a bit less interesting. But like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of an equivalent without being too obvious. But like, trying to find out that about discovering that. Um, the newest writer of The Punisher was like a member of the KKK. It was that kind of <laughs> level of uncomfortableness. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> hopefully he doesn't listen to yours and he's like, fucking that's me they're talking about. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, we've had some really good, we had a, who have we had on recently? We had Cal, our, some of our cool, some of our sort of high profile ones are, none are higher profile than the other ones obviously but we had a, we had Callum Laird on a couple weeks ago he is the former editor of Commando Comics I don't know if you've ever read them but when you go to like um, you get them all on W. Smith and they're maybe it's A what's the one smaller than A4 A3 it goes yeah yeah there's like weekly A3 comics that have been going around for years and years and years and they usually have like war stories in them you know, next time you're in like W. Smith if you, you now that I've mentioned them, um, I remember them from being like, like my granddad used to read them. So they're they're based they're they're part of DC Thompson. So the same guys that do the Beano and the Dandy uh, up in Dundee oh, yeah. release the release this um, weekly series called Commando Comics. So we had their former editor on, and that was that was pretty cool. My um my co-host has had a couple of uh, stories commissioned by um he's a comic writer as well. I um, mean he's had uh, he's a more established comic writer than me. But he's um he's got some stories that are about to be published by Commando Comics, so it was really cool to have their former editor on. Um, I'm trying to else we had. We had a really cool uh, we had a really cool discussion with a guy called Banksy, who is the editor of a brand new comic called The Seventy Seven. So um it's which is kind of like an homage to um the old uh, two thousand AD when it first came out. All right, yeah, yeah. So it's really cool, um, and you should totally check it out. Uh, and then we also had um. Yeah, so he was he came on and chatted about uh, our our comic and what we were up to, what sort of what he was up to, and um, this is a really cool project. You should totally check out the seventy seven. But um, I think he won't mind me saying this because he's a really good guy. But it was it's quite funny. We gave him the link to our uh, we use uh, like a 
was it like a, a studio software so that basically what happens is um it's like a virtual studio and it's almost like you walk in and I can put you in the room or I can move folk in and out and it just means that we, you know we can we can monitor what people are, what what we're streaming but then bring in folk and drop out folk as well it's pretty much I don't know over complicating quite a simple concept <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, I'm trying to explain how Google works here what's that um, but, um, I was just uh, enjoying watching your face like getting yourself into this loophole of how it worked then. <laughs> no, um, it's, it's new to me I learned how, I, I personally had to learn how to use it to, to, to make to host our show but um, we gave Banksy the link and um, and then he was like oh I hope you don't mind I'm going to share the Brugger link with people. We thought it meant the because when we when we we're streaming our show, it, um, it broadcasts live on Facebook Live. We thought that's what he meant. He was going to share the lot in the Facebook Live, but actually he gave everybody the link to our studio. So all of a sudden, <laughs> randoms keep start popping into like the studio that we weren't we weren't <laughs> expecting. But it led um it led to like one of our like our my part one of my personal favourite um, um interviews because um uh, a New Zealand based comic. Uh, artist Brendan Wright joined us and he is one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet um, and uh, just out of total randomness came and joined us and he's um, he's a really fabulous uh, artist that people should totally check out anyway there's a bit of loads of folk as well it's just a, it's just a, we, did, we, had a we had our local comic shop uh, owners in last week to chat about the total issues with distribution that's been going on DC are being not very nice and uh we, um, our friend Mark Duncan joined, has joined us as well. He's a he's a brewer in a Fife based brewer called Cool Brewing, who are amazing, and they do postal um, distribution. You should check them out. I just find them off. Uh, Fraser Campbell, we had him. <laughs> uh, he's he's a he's a Scottish creator, right? You should totally check him out. He's writing a series called Alex Automatic, which is a um, an amazing. It's in its like fourth or fifth part now, but the the, the gist of this series is a uh, Alex Automatic is a he is a he's a, 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 a governmental a government secret weapon. Like he's just a he's just a, a nutcase who the government have had initially programmed to be like a like a really efficient like super spy killer kind of like assassin, but like the hitmen guys. But the the way the comic plays out also plays out in Alex's mind, and the way that there he Alex is able to justify his actions as he thinks he's a member of like an ITC. Thunderbirds, the I'm trying to think of all these the Saint, all these late sixties, early seventies camp British spy dramas that seem to exist. And the the Man from Uncle and the the Americans had the Mission Impossible series. So this guy actually lives in a world where like he's on like extravagant super spy missions on fancy yachts and that. But actually, when he's when he's in his like this world of like like luxury and really amazing like sort of early James Bond like champagne and hot girls and and stopping the bad guy actually is an assassin so it, um, it's a really odd series but a really really good one that everyone should check out and I could talk about that for absolute ages we just drink beer and talk about comics so that's why I have my own podcast so I don't have to go to other people's podcasts and talk at them for 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> what, what gave you the oh sorry Sorry, I was going to say start podcasting like just wanting just like fuck it I want to talk about comics and I want to talk about beer forever well as I say we have a in Dunfermline which is where I live it's um, the town that I, I, I live in and have grown up in or, or near 
Um, we have a really awesome comic book shop called The Log Shop of Heroes, and I've been a customer in there for a long time. And uh, so it was Colin, who's my co-host. Um, uh, and then about, I'm trying to think, it was January last year. We started we started the podcast in March last year. So we're just, we're, you know, we were just under doing 52 episodes ourselves. But um, when we first, um, round about the January last year, um, two doors down on the same in the same corner of Dunfermline, a craft beer shop opened up. So me, Colin, and probably hundreds of other folk in the Dunfermline area were going into the comic shop, picking up our comics, and then walking two doors down, and then getting the beer that we would use, you know the beer to drink while we're reading our comics because they they are they do really really complement each other. Um, I think Tom was laughing at me just as I joined in, but I'd, I'd always try to find a beer to match the the occasion. But um, so we, we we thought it would be interesting to try and do that as a com- as a as a podcast concept where we where we critiqued comics and beer over an hour. Um, we try and keep it below an hour because any more than an hour. And anybody that's seen some of our lockdown episodes where you know it stretches to an hour and a half, an hour and forty five minutes, the last forty five minutes are fucking nonsense because we're. So- <laughs> Because we start to trip over our words and talk talk absolute crap. So um, yeah, but that, that's that's where the idea came from. Um, two two really awesome shops with really awesome owners, two doors down, and uh, me and my friend who had been on podcasts in the past together and thought, let's just venture out on our own and see where this goes. And it's been good fun. So I mean, I know you said I laughed at you, but I actually thought it was a genius a genius concept to be like, well, whatever show I'm going on, I'm going to find a beer to match that. Match this is an excuse to drink beer. Like, yeah, exactly. It's better than that. Like, yeah, drives my wife nuts, to be honest. <laughs> like, just random shit, shit, like beer just all over the place. <laughs> it is a great idea, though, because there's, there's a million fucking podcasts out there these days, and it's finding your niche. It's finding that thing that makes you individual. So to, to be able to find something that is like that, is unique, is... It's fucking well done. Fair play to you. It's a really it's, good it's, idea. I, I totally agree with that. I mean, you guys have got your niche as well. I really like. I really like that concept that you you guys have pulled in. Um, it's just a because like you say there's there's millions. Um, my 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 pet hate, and I'm trying to think of what I'm going to Google it because I'm trying to think of what the example is. Because Ed Gambon, who's like a really awesome comedian, on like he's, he does a lot of the. Um, stuff on BBC the he's like a, he's usually a talking head and stuff and he's usually on um which he's on like um what's the show the political one where uh, Darren O'Brien hosts oh Mock the Week yeah Mock the Week he's on that quite a lot um, um him and another guy that are always on Mock the Week uh, have a podcast where they they review food it's called Off Menu with Ed Gamble and James Acaster um oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it's really really popular um, but I think it's just they have a three course meal and chat about stuff um, and I, I find I find the food aspect of their chat really restrictive I don't know if it's just because I'm used to listening to them doing a lot of satire on the telly or in their in their actual like you know their their um, stand up routines but um, yeah it's a chin thing like, but then it's a really popular podcast and I've only get we've only got like 400, 500 listeners a week, so I shouldn't really be ripping on. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've got like the hundreds of thousands of weekly listens, you know. But um, yeah, it's just finding niche, and that's what's amazing. I think that's what's amazing about podcasts, and you can just go in like, like I've lot, I've got a few podcasts I listen to that probably have no more than a couple of thousand views, but there are listens a week. But I'm one of them, and I love it. So um, it's a really awesome forum, to be honest. 
Um, I don't know what I was talking to James about this, uh, Jamie, sorry, about this earlier in the week. Um, what I'm finding quite challenging is getting the time for podcasts. I do a lot of driving in my job um, between different villages and different areas of uh, West Fife. And um, that's when I do my podcasting. Um, and um, I think that's, I've, I've found with lockdown, I can't really pod, I can't really listen to my podcast anymore. And I've maybe got like five or six and they're still happening because the podcasters have got the time to put the, put the content out there. But like, I've just not got the time to listen to it, which is quite challenging. No, well, I'm, uh, Mark Marin, you know, a really famous American comedian was on Russell Howard. Uh, back in May and said that even he with his millions of fucking he said even he is struggling for people at the moment so I think it's just a, a global thing because I haven't listened to anything other than You Suck Stuff mainly for fucking ages so yeah I totally yeah. get that man I think um, we've, we've, we've noticed as a, on our show that there's been a, is, there's, been a, there's been an increase in the folks so we the format of ours um, is that we'll do the live video thing on Facebook, um, or we'll, we'll record something and post it up, but then I'll also fire an audio out there, and our, our video numbers are way up, because folk are in their house watching stuff, so they're way, you know, way up by our standards, um, but our audio is really low by our standards, usually our audio, audio and video are, are, are kind of level normally during like the normal sort of times, but our videos have gone up and our audio's come right, right down, it's just fascinating, like it's all the weird things that um this this COVID thing is totally um is totally addressed. Like we 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 have this weird sort of it's quite quite interesting that I work in the high school, so we spend quite a lot of time having to look at like how COVID affects individuals and it's it's the only thing I think ever in my, in like the history of anything that I can remember where like everybody's affected and like when you're and particularly in that sort of decision making process when you're having to reintroduce things like you know say the schools are closed but across across the world we're trying to work out how to reintegrate children into the big buildings um it affects everything because it's like you've got the school building um you've got the school building but that's one issue you've got lunchtime that's another issue you've got the school bus that's another issue you've got the, the break you know that gap in time between periods that's another issue You've got um, home learning. It just affects everything. But then that's just my wee micro world of school. You know, obviously you guys have got completely different sets of A, B, C, Ds, E's and F's that you're so you're total panicked about. So you, Tom, you're saying you just want to get back to work, you know? So, yeah, like, yeah. Before I start smacking me against the wall every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just so I can feel something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Um, I have found that uh, COVID though has totally been awesome for uh, my creativity. Like, um, I um, I think the other thing I wanted to try and plug to you was my comic, which I'm going to get because I, I wasn't sure if you were audioing and videoing. So apologies for anybody that has uh, that is listening to this in their ear holes. Because um, I know if Tom can see me. I think Jamie, can you see us? Yeah, I can see you. You just can't yeah. see me. So um, my other, my other wee project. Is a, this is my comic that I wrote uh, I wrote last year but I was able to finish it and get it coloured and all that jazz during lockdown This is co- uh, so yeah um, I was obviously during the podcast I've been in, in, hanging around with Colin all the time um, talking to a lot of folk about comic books and stuff like that and uh, I actually thought last summer I'm going to write something and see what happens um, 
and uh, yeah, I wrote the Spirit of Inky, which is um, which at the time I thought was like the most amazing. Uh, you know, when you've got your own idea and you run with it and yeah. stuff like that, I thought it was the most amazing original thing ever. However, I do read loads of comics and I've just started reading. Uh, I, I, sorry, I've not started reading it, but Aven- uh, the Avengers ongoing series has just uh, has moved into an arc about Moon Knight. And I'm seeing, I, I don't know a lot about Moon Knight, but I'm seeing a lot of uh, similarities in my story and the origin, <laughs> like, which is doing my line a wee bit. Because I know Moon Knight's going to have his. Uh, I know Moon Knight's going to have his own series on Disney Plus. I think in the next couple of years. There so of it, yeah, yeah. So I can just see um, the series coming out, and people go when when I'm sitting at conventions in a couple of years' time trying to shell copies. <laughs> of they're like, oh, so it's a bit like Moon Knight. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you just play it the other way. You go well if you liked Moon Knight, you can. Oh, yeah, that's that's, um, that, that, that's a big thing in comic cons is what folk do like. Um, and you, you could actually I've noticed a lot obviously because I interview a lot of comic guys at comic conventions but they have like a oh it's Blade Runner meets thinking Sean the Sheep you know like they've all got like uh, <laughs> they've, they've all I'm got the, 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 you've just that, sold uh, me like, book uh, how would Blade Runner meet Sean the Sheep work I have no idea, but I want to watch it. I want to read it rather. <laughs> but that's um, but that but that's that's the whole uh, that's the whole podcast. Not the whole podcasting. That's the whole Comic Con thing. Um, and uh, I've not got mine yet because it's just it came out during lockdown. It came out in April. This bit of Inky. Um, and there's no there'll be probably won't be a Comic Con this side of the new year. So I'm gonna have to sit on these books until at least January February before I can start attending cons. But um. Yeah, when you go to conventions, that's that that's the um, that's the chat you get with pretty much every comic creator. They're like, you know, they'll t- they'll talk about their story. Oh, it's a post-apocalyptic, blah blah blah, blah you know, blah, blah blah. If you if you like, and then they'll fire off like, if you like Time Cop, if you like, I've been watching a lot of eighties movies the now and random shit. So if you like Time Cop, you like Blade Runner, you like uh, Total Recall, you will love this. And then that that's pretty much it. And you have like maybe a minute with your. Uh, with the folk that are walking from table to table, and you just need to hope that they think, oh, that sounds cool. Um, and that's how uh, that's how like grassroots comic selling works. But um, yeah, um, that was my other project. What have you guys been doing during lockdown? What's your? I was going to say that the book's called The Spirit of Enki. Yeah. It, what's the book actually about? Okay, so uh, uh, it's about. I can read the back of the book. I'm not because it's. I wrote it when I wrote it, and I cringe when I read it now. But um, uh, it's about um, an archaeological dig in Iraq where um, there's obviously this ongoing threat with militants in the area and um, it's a a man and a woman who are, it's Clyde, this guy here and Daria, so Daria's an archaeologist working in this this ancient Babylonian temple and uh, Clyde is an American former army captain dude who is who's there as private security the rest of the um, the rest of the archaeological um, archaeologists and staff and all those folk they've they, they've cleared the area and are at, right at the start of the comic they're they're fleeing the area as um there's been reports that a group of scary militant dudes with AKs are like in the area and they don't take prisoners and all this sort of stuff so it's a, it's a, it's a really dangerous area however um Daria uh, the female uh, protagonist she's insistent that she wants to stay and finish off what what she's digging which is 
kind of a mysterious thing that I don't really want to go into because no one will read the comic if I tell you. <laughs> so she's, <laughs> she's she's trying to find this thing, and then Clyde's trying to Clyde's trying to convince her to leave before things get really hairy. But he's also insisting that he won't leave her because that would be a dereliction of his duty and things like that. Um, and then things go a bit barmy. Where uh, there's an ongoing joke that people seem to admire. Well, not admire. A lot of people seem to quite like. There's an ongoing joke about Raiders of the Lost Ark and how she's not seen it and he has and uh, all this weird stuff keeps happening and he's like oh man this is proper Raiders stuff and she's like I have no idea what you're talking about um, <laughs> it, um, and then things just go a bit bizarre and then there's a superhero aspect to it as well so yeah where did you get the idea from? Uh, just being a total comic nerd so that's the, that, that, that is the spirit of NK there um, that's not a spoiler because uh, I was going to mention that. I was going to say, the art is great. I, and I especially like the look of the spirit. I saw that on the uh, Kickstarter page. The, the spirit, I love the look of it. That was, um, actually, I, I love it as well. And a uh, uh, shout out to my artist, George. So I wrote it and I coloured it. Um, and um, a shout out to Jordan JC, who is my writer. He's a, he's a really awesome dude. He's a Venezuelan uh, national who now lives in uh, Madrid. Um, He's just a really good dude. Um, I saw some of his work online. He wasn't getting any work because he was studying in Madrid at the time and didn't have um, he didn't have a portfolio. And I think he was just he, he's he's quite young. I think he's only he's in his late teens. I think he was just looking for an opportunity to try and do something. And I could see on these comic creation Facebook pages and stuff, folk were folk kept, folk kept getting back to him and being like, "Oh, go make a portfolio and come back, and then I might consider you to be my artist." And then he, um, so when I was looking for an artist, um, I was just like, actually, it's maybe, you, you, I, how, are you, how are you supposed to develop a portfolio if no one gives you an opportunity to try and develop? So I hope, um, I have seen him apply for other work and do commissions and he is using stuff from Spirit of Inky as his kind of, as his portfolio. But it does make you think, um, all those, I, I, I spent a lot of time when I was younger, like in and out of job interviews and the amount of times your folk were saying, Oh, we would love to have you on board, but you just don't have the experience. And I was like, "Oh, well, actually, yep. you only get you only get experience if somebody gives you the opportunity to yes to do, to do yep. the task." So I, I gave Jordan that. I, I hope I gave Jordan that opportunity, um, and I think he's done a really good job. I did the coloring because coloring is really expensive. Um, <laughs> uh, I did the coloring inside. I should add as well. I did the color. I didn't, I didn't do the color on the cover. That was done by an amazing uh, artist called uh, Hernan Gonzalez, and. Um, but yeah, artists, um, the artist fees aren't that. Sorry, this is maybe giving away how comic, comic, all the comic creators and writers, they're all they're like, fucking shop. <laughs> this is the shit we like to hear about. It's good. Yeah, well, um, most people, when you're when you're applying for folk to to draw and colour your comic for you, they add, you know, they all have different artists of different um, styles and different um, different experience, and, and 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 they all have different rates. Um, and then depending on how much, you know, if you just want like a basic set of pencils, it'll cost you A, and then your second tier is like them to ink it for you, and then if they colour it for you, it's, a, you know, and it can, you know, you, for for like crazy amounts, like I know, I think it's Marvel, it's something, somebody told me recently, it's something like 150 to $200 a page that an artist gets cut, but then that's their full-time job. The, 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 the artists in Marvel, that's what they do for a living. So actually, when you when you cut that back, if you're, you know, and if you're sitting on Avengers as your main title, 
as you as colorist of Avengers, you know that's your full time job. And so you're yeah, one hundred and fifty dollars a page probably levels out at most comics are twenty three to twenty eight ish pages long, I think ish. Um, yeah. yeah, something like that. So like you know when you when you when you do the maths and you think about tax and stuff like that, yeah, it's a full time job. Um, so let's say so that's maybe fair enough. But um, I and as I say when you're when you're looking for colorists to come and work on your comic. I, I couldn't afford them. Um, I think the cheapest I, and yeah, it's because it's a full-time job. So like, um, like a colorist would say, oh, I'll, I'll do, I think the cheapest I maybe got was about $40 a page, which is a really good rate. It's a phenomenal rate, but my comic's 32 pages long. So that was coming in at whatever the mass of that is, like 1,200 and something pounds. And totally worth it. And actually, um, I thought, well, I'm going to color it myself. And it took me forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and I totally understand why colorists, you know, and, and if probably the weakest element of my comics, the coloring, because it's, it was done by me. Um, and I'm not a professional colorist. It was just try my best. Um, and then I got, um, I had, to, I called in a favor uh, with <laughs> Colin, who is probably, uh, Colin Maxwell is my letterer, who uh, is my co-host on the podcast. He is also, um, he's also the shadow editor and um, story he's story editor, art editor. Lincoln, Jeff, that's a stupid idea. Take that page out, you know that kind of stuff. <laughs> so that ro- that rules uncredited. But um, I, so yeah, I had a I had a really awesome team of folk that were really working hard to try and uh, to try and make it happen. And it's all printed and it's it's ready. It's it's you can buy it. Um, I think it's the spirit of Enki at bigcartel.com is my Facebook page not my Facebook page my, my shop page but you can uh, you can google the spirit of NK and it's like the first thing that come up um, is it sorry. Say, is, is it, it a singular story or is it been a uh, no I've got, I've got a, I've written it as a, in my head I've written it as a movie um, issue 2 and 3 are at various stages of being written and I hope to get them a, I didn't want to go down the Kickstarter route for every episode that, that that's quite common and in, in, um, a uh, initially, I was quite um, I was quite um, anxious about going right. Thank you for enjoying issue one. Issue two is not out yet because I find the Kickstarter what, Kickstarter process is quite weird. I think for people that don't understand it, I mean, I, I I don't know about you guys. I use Kickstarter quite a lot, and I I I put a lot of money on various projects quite often, and then you get weird parcels like six months later that you forget about, and then a comic comes to your door and you're like, oh yeah, I backed that like in January. That's amazing, and it's a really um, but as a comic, as somebody that's written to their comics, that's I understand that. But um, um, a lot of, it, as you can imagine, um, I've got a cool backers page. And then my back page, I mean, I was backed by quite a lot of people. Um, oh, wow. Everyone, everyone here is somebody that put in a bit of money towards the towards the Kickstarter scheme. Um, but you are going out there and going, guys, I want you to pay for something that doesn't exist yet. And I found that quite. So when I did the issue one, I, I, I was quite anxious not to ask for. I, did, I was quite anxious not to go through that process for issues two, three, or whatever. I've got um, in my in my mind, it might go longer, it might go shorter. But I think Spirit of NK season one's maybe six issues long, which is relatively standard in comics anyway. Um, I was quite anxious not to request Kickstarters for issues two and three, but then I've realised through lockdown and since the release of issue one that I now have like it kind of has worth. Does that make sense? It exists. Yeah, yeah. So. 
there is proof that this is a project that exists and will continue to to be ongoing. It's it's um in many ways I'm no longer an unknown gamble within the within that sort of sphere of Kickstarter. You know, Jeff Nicholson's sphere. I think that's a thing that already exists. It was a successful Kickstarter. So I think uh, issue two, maybe July ish, I might fire out another wee Kickstarter. Not as much as my first one in terms of like the money I'd request and um. Actually, for anyone that does a Kickstarter, I, I deliberately made my Kickstarter as long as possible, which was like 60 days, thinking 60 days would be a really good time to uh, to for um, just, you know, the, the money creeping up. But anybody that does a Kickstarter will tell you that you have your, your best days on the first couple of days and then the last couple of days. So I had this weird thing where, like, it, like I had maybe... 40 50 percent of my goal in the first week and two or week or two and then it crept up very slightly and then it sat just above like i was funded about 25 days before the end of the kickstarter but it was like by a couple of pound so there was this weird thing and there's a thing there's a thing in kickstarter where people decide that you get a reminder two days before a kickstarter finishes if you've like clicked that you're interested and then what Mm -hmm. happens there is it reminds people that they've backed something so they can go, oh, I want to continue this. Or it, um, it also reminds folk that this project still exists and you've backed it and they can go, oh, I'm not really I'm not really wanting to back that anymore. So I had this weird kind of like thing where it was, as I say, it was tiny, the amount that I was over by. And I sat for like three weeks just when nobody investing, nobody putting any money in for like the longest time. And it was, it was actually quite scary because I was like, it just takes two, three folk to say, I don't really want to back this anymore for me not to be funded. But then I had a nice wee boost right at the end, which was cool. And I was funded by, I think, maybe 10, 20% more than my initial, my goal target. So, I again, talking at you for 10 minutes to basically say, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do, a, I'm gonna do a, a, a small a small amount and a amount of time and a small amount of money Kickstarter in July to try and get issue two done. Um, I hope, like, I watch a, I watch and read a shitload of superhero stuff, and I read I what um I, I, I read I'm that geek who will watch a film at the cinema, then go home and read all the reviews about it to see what oh, I really enjoyed that, but I wonder what other people are thinking. For example, I really loved Captain Marvel. I think Captain Marvel is one of the stronger MCU movies. Um, I really, really enjoy it actually, and it hits all the beats I want it to, including that really awesome. Uh, I love that fight scene that plays to. Uh, just a girl by no doubt that's a really awesome wee scene that's um, amazing yeah, yeah. I, I love that but so I came home total bouncing and I remember uh, messaging my pal Craig who's my go to for what did you think of that film I just saw it what did you think and he was like I hated Captain Marvel and he still hates Captain Marvel <laughs> and he'll, uh, he'll, he'll debate you know it's, it's, it's quite a nice debate to have with him like why do you hate Captain Marvel so much um, but I it's um personally um so I, I, as I say, I think I've read a lot and seen a lot that um, I've got six issues planned in my mind and where it's going to go. Um, it's quite cheesy because I, I don't, you know, I haven't learned how to not be cheesy in my writing yet. But I also hope that I've seen enough. That I've kind of taught myself how a story should play out and what are all the emotional beats that should hit. And you know, um, there was a weird thing. I actually, let me bring this up because I talked about this the other day to somebody else. There was a weird thing. I don't know if you guys watch like Flash and Arrow and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Massively yeah. behind, a, but yeah. <laughs> there, was a weird, there was a weird bit halfway through season two of Arrow where they had to introduce metahumans. 
Yes. And I, and I always thought they did not as good a job as they could have. It was just kind of weird. Like it was like, and I understand why it was weird, but, um, and I think Marvel managed it better when they had to introduce sort of mystical, weird elements to, uh, to, I always thought like the first Iron Man and then the first season and a half of Arrow, they, they tried, tried to keep it as relatively grounded as possible. You know, so Iron Man's quite a, Iron Man's quite a, a crazy concept, but, it's ultimately, you know, if you buy into the fact that he's super smart and he's got the money to do whatever he wants, the technology is relatively understandable and the technology is re- believable. But then you had to then bring in Thor and like, mystical hammers and shit. And I think obviously you, know, you then had um, in, in Arrow, there was the same thing where they had to introduce Barry Allen as a, you know, there was an awesome two-parter and Arrow season two where they introduced Barry Allen and then have to finish that episode off with, oh, we're going to strike him by lightning and give him superpowers. Um, yeah. It was just it was like it was just a total change in pace and tone for the series. Um, so in my comic, I'm hoping that I can I can raise the stakes by issue five and six. You're looking there's going to be a big huge battle that's going to you know the winner will the winner will be able to decide the fate of like the universe. And I'm hoping that I can scale the story enough that that doesn't become a, an unbelievable stretch of the imagination i know what you mean yeah, yeah, yeah you don't want people to get to episode five and go what the fuck just happened there but okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i know um hi as i say um some folk manage it some folk don't um but yeah that was a uh, i always thought uh, i always thought the arrowverse managed to not manage that quite as well there was a weird uh I think they, I think i think they sorted it out later on but there was a weird thing where like you had uh oliver queen all of a sudden like delving into magic and shit and you're like ah oh, no he was <laughs> that, that's not what this show was like three or four years ago you know I'm fine weird. with those shows I really enjoy them when I watch them but if mm-hmm. I stop and think about it logically yeah. think back I go this show's actually really dumb why do I like it <laughs> well I, I, I before I, I loved it at the time show, who gives a shit before I did the Brugaders I uh, I used to have a I used like I, four or five years ago I used to have a podcast it's where I met Colin because actually I interviewed Colin for my, my older podcast um, and then that due to career changes and stuff we had to shut that podcast down but um, it, it, that podcast had started out as podcast well, I'm saying the word podcast an awful lot <laughs> <laughs> uh, that podcast started out as um, a review show so we basically I think it was when Flash season two started, and I think it was maybe Arrow season three or four. Um, it was when they and Supergirl season one. It's when they all started to run. So you would do like Monday this, Tuesday that, Wednesday this, yeah, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday, and um, we effect- effectively were rev- like we met on a Friday morning, Friday afternoonish to review the shows that we'd seen in in the week to build up, and uh, if you like, you say when you stop to have to, when you overthink it, it's. It, it, it does total. It does total, total away from your enjoyment somewhat because and then I, I'm I'm on a my lockdown rewatch is the Flash, and uh, season one and two are excellent. Whereas I, I remember not enjoying season two. Season one finale is one of the greatest. Oh, it's probably. TV. I think I think um, I think season two is brilliant until maybe maybe the the, the baddie reveal when they reveal like who Zoom really is that total annoyed me because yeah. um, I think they fixed it by the end of the season but um, it did annoy me because I was like oh no you're doing exactly the same as you did last year and, uh, and then that became a plot point so it was fine <laughs> so it was like 
Did you, um, have you been watching Batwoman as well? Uh, no, because um, I had kids. There's <laughs> 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 uh, a weird thing where about, um, I want to say my uh, my telly got hijacked by my current four-year-old by about two years ago, and that's I've not seen any telly since then. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I don't see television until she's gone to until my daughter's gone to bed. Other than that, it's Mickey Mouse Clubhouse all day every day. I have a running joke. I don't know if Tom's seen it on my Facebook. I don't. I, he's not got my wife on Facebook, so he's maybe not seen it. I've got a running joke with my wife. I've seen season episode one of season one of just about everything because I'm a total, <laughs> I'm a total telly addict. So I probably adore telly. Like I'll just I, I could sit and watch loads of stuff, but I also enjoy spending time with my wife. So what I'll try and do is. Enjoy. I think the, the basic rule of thumb is I'll enjoy it so we have to find something my wife enjoys so that we can both enjoy it together um, but it does mean that she doesn't like a lot of things <laughs> she, won't mind my say, she won't mind my saying that and actually um, aye, um, if she heard that back she'd laugh I have seen seasons one of what have I, what have I watched over lockdown just the first episode um, on the night of have you heard that or the night of it's called it's a pretty cool series um, only know. ever been to episode one it's cool so it's like um, uh, check it out on the night of or the, the night of I think it's called it's a pretty cool series um, I did watch the first half an hour of Batgirl but my wife was like don't do this to me um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, loads of things um, I had to I had to total grind through did you watch uh, Normal People on BBC quality show my wife hated it by about episode four i was like no no right we're not doing this again like the, the episodes are 24 minutes long just let me get to the end of the series and uh, we managed um, uh, I, all those things there's that show that you really like tom because i remember you talking about it with a uh, james spader in it oh the blacklist yeah yeah watched watched episode one of that and she was like ah this is really far-fetched so we did it it's not yeah, you got to give these things a chance. You've got to give these things time, you know what I mean? It's, the story is just building. It's an unbelievable series. Blacklist is incredible, in my opinion. <laughs> I tried to make her watch Lucifer. Um, That's fantastic then, as well. Then she realised it was a comic book thing and was like, no, no thanks. Uh, um, and and the, one, my, the one I'm going to have to go back to because I absolutely adored it. We watched the first episode of the, the thing with... Um, Al Pacino in it. What's um with the Nazis? It's called Hunters. I've heard about Hunters. this. I need to watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we watched the first half. Hunters, of it. Yeah, it's it, it. It was excellent. My wife was like, "Yeah, I wanted this to be because there is loads of programs on on the telly about genuine folk going around trying to like investigate random old people in their village to find out that they're Nazis and stuff. So she, I think she thought it was going to be like a dramatization of that, but it wasn't. It was um. It was kind of like a far-fetched... It is quite far-fetched, actually. And it, it could quite easily be a comic book series. Um, so, but yeah. Um, hi. What have you guys been watching during lockdown? Um, well, the Laura's managed to smash through Glitch in two days. Uh, that's the Australian series on Netflix about the people that come back from the dead. But they're not zombies. They're actual human beings. And they're like what the fuck's going on? They're from like years and years and centuries ago and there's people from like 10 years. It's it's actually amazing. I thought it was real. I have not watched it properly, but from what I've seen, it's awesome. So I mentioned on the podcast last week to Westy actually just saying like, uh, I'm quite intrigued by it. Westy, go watch it. It's fucking mint. It's really good. I do want to watch it. It did it sound good. It's really good, yeah. Um, it's, cool. it's a cool concept. Though. Yeah, it's a bit odd. It's just, it's just set in Australia and they're just people start to come back and there's like, 
um, a thing called the border. So if they start to reach that border, they start to die again. So they have to come back. It's it's amazing. Oh, it's it's so good. good. Yeah, yeah. So that's on Netflix. Uh, I've been watching a lot of John Oliver on Now TV because uh, I find him funny as fuck. Uh, he's currently having a massive dispute with Dana White at the moment with the UFC. I don't know if you've seen that in the news. I haven't. I know he likes his. I know he likes his UFC and he likes his wrestling, doesn't he? Like he was he not really critical of. Uh, he's not really critical yes. of Finn last year. Yeah, I remember about, watching that. It was we're, absolutely we're, amazing. Yeah. He's got a really—I don't know if you've seen that, Tom. He's got a really—he's um, got a really cool monologue, just basically about the fact that um, he won't let the WWE guys unionize. Okay. It's—it's um, it's pretty smart, and how uh, he still hires WWE guys. You know, if you work for the WWE, your your legal your legal working status is that you're an independent contractor, but you're actually you're contracted independently to only work for one organization. So, wow, um, okay. yeah, which which in basically any other industry is totally wrong, but somehow oh, yeah. WWE, WWE have managed to do it forever. So, you should check that out, man. He's, he's if particularly John Oliver's, I, I agree with you, he's a total legend. He is a hero, he's, yeah. But if you can find the uh, the, the disputes with Dana White, they're fucking hilarious. Um, so is, is he genuinely falling out with Dana? Because I always thought, yeah, yeah. Was so a, basically, he was talking about the day uh, Dana White wants to create Fight Island, isn't he? And have UFC fights on an island somewhere, and I think it's in, near Dubai or something. Um, <laughs> and, he wa- and he wants to call it Fight Island. And then um, basically, he called it Fight Island. John Oliver was like, We want to call it Fight Island. He goes, Why don't you call it UFC? So SEA at the end. <laughs> so I, I was like, That's absolutely genius. And he, he came up with all these names, like, all these names, like smashed them up after one after one. So Dana White went, Okay, so he copyrighted UFC, SEA, copyrighted it straight away. And John Oliver was like, All right, okay. Because that's my idea that you just copyrighted. He went, So he took a word, that, uh, a sentence that Dana White used to say back in the early 2000s and copyrighted that. I think it's like I think it's like come on bitches or something, <laughs> and he started putting on mugs and scarves and stuff like it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, anyone listening to this, go and watch John Oliver on Now TV. It's called Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. It's yeah. fucking brilliant. That's amazing that he like he's my, I, I I don't know what it is. Um, I, I do like John Oliver. I watched him. He was, obviously he was in Community, and I really liked him. But it's similar like a uh, James Corden. Like these guys have become absolute like sensations in the states, and I'm not saying they weren't popular over here, but the fact that they managed to when when you, when, when, you, when you talk about yeah talk about breaking America and you find all these people that have tried and failed like are, I mean it, James Corden it's massively amazing. surprises me massively is is all right I like him in some some I liked him on a league of their own on Sky One but other than that like I don't watch Gavin Stacey or anything I just not not a big fan. He is. That's right. that's who I think James Corden. Kevin is. He is an ace in that. Like, um, and actually, I don't necessarily like him on anything else. But in Gavin and Stacey, he's just he's perfect for that show. Yeah, yeah. What was that, Jamie? I was like, I only know him from A League of Their Own and Gavin and Stacey. What else did he do? Then he just suddenly broke in America. I don't get where the fuck that come from. He did lesbian vampire person. <laughs> I tried to forget that happened. That's why he was a. Hey, you want to watch that? Yeah, cheers. Yeah. Yeah, was yeah. A, uh, yeah, you might be right. I actually will probably have to. Look. I've seen him in films and stuff, but yeah, he is gen. You know, he is he is a ginormous talent in the states, and like uh, that's what it's it's, it's totally surprised me when I was like, well, you know, and that whole uh, carpool karaoke thing, like that's 
No, it's just, and maybe it's just a, it was just a niche concept that has just totally taken off. But like, a fucking brilliant idea, though. Yeah, yeah, he did. Well, I am. Um, he did a really awesome wee sketch for Comic Relief, which I think, strictly speaking, is the first carpool karaoke. I don't know if you see it. You need to watch it. He's in Talk Smithy character, and it's him and a, um, the guy from um, George Michael, the guy from a. I've well, seen that. Yes, yeah. I have seen that. Um, and it's, it's it's awesome, and there's some really. I mean, give George Michael. You know, God bless George Michael. Rest in peace in that. Like George Michael takes it really tight off of James Corden. There's even a line where it's like, um, Lenny Henry, who's representing Comic Relief, phones James Corden's Smithy character for help, and he's like, "Oh, I'll be there in a minute. I'm just in the car with a friend." And it's George Michael's his mate in the in the car, and he's like, "George Michael's like." What's that? And he's and James Corden's like, oh, I'm off to go and help. I, I, I just need to go and stop by Comic Relief and help them out for something. And uh, George Michael's like, can I come with you? And he's like, eh, no, Comic Relief is folk like you, George. <laughs> and he's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 it's a great again on YouTube nine minute. It's probably like a nine or ten minute sketch where he just it's just really clever done though. And George Michael takes takes like a total champ when he's getting like ripped for being. A drunken like buffoon. It's amazing. <laughs> right. What we like to do with our guests is we have a couple of things. We like to get your thoughts and opinions on our previous episode in case we judged it wrong. And then we've got some fantasy fights of our own to, to put to you to see what you think. Okay. So last episode was Eleven versus Captain Cold. Eleven yeah. from Stranger Things. Now, who do you think would win in that fight? <sighs> right. Big Flash fan. Um I actually am part of a, a weird group of folk in Dunfermline who currently run around their town dressed as superheroes to like wave at children and stuff. Yeah. And I, I am the Dunfermline Flash, so I'm a big fan of the Flash, right? Um, and I love Wentworth. Is it is it just Captain Cold as a concept, or is it Wentworth Miller as Captain it's Cold? It's Captain Cold as a concept. Yeah. I don't know. Um, if it was Wentworth Miller, maybe. If it was his interpretation of Captain Cold, maybe we might have taken a living. But the actual Captain Cold from the comics is a total loser. Like he, he like he's a he's a goon. To be honest, um, um, I think Eleven is just awesome, and she yeah. beat the shit out of everybody. To be honest, yeah. she's just, <laughs> um, I think Eleven. I think Eleven smashes Captain Cold quite easily. Actually, see, we yeah. the way we justified it because both of them have decent powers. So the way mm. we justified it was who would actually start a fight here? Who's going to start a fight? Captain okay. Cold or his little girl? So we kind of justified it that way because we were thinking about it. I think most of that last episode for the fight is us going, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Ooh. Ah. You know. <laughs> so in the end, we decided Captain Cold one. But you oh, did you? Uh, I haven't actually. I was saying this to you before. Nope. I mean, he's proven most beautiful face. I was going to say, as long as he's not just frozen for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's back. Hello. I, was, I, did, I did just give like a total amazing monologue on the, the values of uh, why I think you guys are wrong, but you know, connection. <laughs> no, sorry, 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 I had a I had a connection issue there. No, my, my conclusion was that um sorry, I just wanted to say that I I'm quite surprised that, that was a conclusion you came to. Um I think okay. uh, because I came in um and beat him up first, but then he froze me and obviously so that because she's in that um, sensory deprivation thing, I went into his head. But because I was thinking of the way, because I don't read comics, I read comics, but not that frequently. 
So I was thinking of Wentworth Miller character who yeah. was an absolute complete prick. So I was like, well, there's no chance yeah. we're going to talk to him. So. I, that's what I was going to say. That is exactly what I said. That if it was the Wentworth Miller interpretation of Captain Cold, which is quite at odds with the comic version. The comic version, as I say, the, the, the comic version of Captain Cold is very much, he's almost slightly comic relief in terms of like he's a, um, which I don't know. I, I love I love the Wentworth Miller interpretation of Captain Cold. I do. Um, um, he, he's fabulous, and he's one of those weird things like where um you know the whole thing about Nick Fury being white until Samuel Jackson played him, and now in the comics he's black. Yeah. Um, if you read the more sort of recent interpretations of Captain Cold and the more and the more recent series like Flash it series, he is more like the Wentworth Miller one because it's an amazing way to play him. It's like he took all the um, it's like he took all the values. And all the all the sort of nice character traits that exist within, um, like that that sort of Leonard Snart character, and then just decided I'm going to just play him like this because it, it's still the same character uh, in essence. But um, it's amazing. I just watched it, and it's the only reason I bring it up. I just watched that Captain Cold episode where he was introduced, and there's a really quality bit where Cisco um, they bring out this gun that basically he brings out this weird kind of particle gun that's basically like. Stop doing what you're doing now, Captain Cold, or you know, bad things will happen. And uh, he just puts his gun down. And he, or he puts his gun in his pocket and he walks away. He's like, "Fair enough." And he's walking away. They're like, "And now put your cold gun down." And he says, "He's walking away." He's just like, "Don't push your luck." <laughs> <laughs> and and they, they don't challenge him. They just let him go because it's like uh, maybe we've maybe pushed our uh, we maybe pushed as far as far as we can. Um, but that, I I disagree with your conclusion. I think eleven. Is just one of the coolest creations in modern telly, and I think she's um, I, she's I think badass. She, I think she would take that fight quite easily. You said the sense deprivation thing. I think she would. Yeah. Um, I think unless he got a shot on her and froze her, I think she's he's got no chance. Yeah, I'm annoyed at myself now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Um, right. So, should we have some fantasy fights? These are wonderful. It's basically what we do on the show, but a quick fire round of such. So the first two are sent in by Graham Arnold, who is our favourite person on the planet. So it's the Battle of the Marthas. Martha Kent versus Martha Wayne. (laughs) Oh, I like Martha Kent quite easily. Ooh. Just for reason. I I think... My understanding of Mark, I don't know, like, um, this is weird, like, I, I never thought I would be doing the fantasy bar fights with you, <laughs> this is, which is quite amazing, I'm really, really, I'm really, really uh, privileged to be doing so, I feel privileged to do so. My understanding of uh, Martha Wayne is that she, she she's not a necessarily strong character, no. like, um, she's, she's fine, and obviously she was a good mother for Bruce for the 11 years of her life that she featured, but um, Martha Wayne is an ongoing I don't know because it's a physical fight as well. Yeah. And obviously, Martha, Martha Kent, her uh, her qualities are often about how she grounds Clark and Superman and reminds her reminds him of who he is and where he comes from, both as Superman and as Clark. Um, she's a she's apart from Lois, one of the stronger women in the DC universe. I think um, she's she's awesome, um, and I feel really bad that there was that whole like. Save Martha thing that happened in Batman versus Superman because <laughs> so ridiculous. It's, it's so thing actually, it is so cringy. But the whole whole idea of it, 
I think it's quite sound, but you don't get enough of Martha Wayne in that film no. to make that whole thing. I saw what they were trying to do, but I was like, no, oh, you could have gone about that so much better. Yeah, I saw what they were trying to do, and um, if you saw a wee bit more, if they'd done maybe a couple more flashbacks to Martha Wayne being a strong influence on um, Bruce, then maybe I. Um, yeah. I think I think Martha Kent. She's a farm girl. She lives on the farm, so she's used to getting oh. like doing things with her hands. Yes. Whereas, uh, whereas uh, Martha Wayne, I think, is from money and is in money up until her like death. And so that maybe is, you know like she, she has like Alfred and that doing shit for her. So that was uh, exactly what I was thinking: yeah. farm girl versus woman that has everything done for her. Yeah, yeah. So she's more like a socialite, isn't she? Because um, yeah. it's even even within the the Batman mythos. In the Batman history, she is it's um Thomas that is the money. You know, it's his it's his work in Wayne Enterprises that brings in the money, where she's more of a socialite. So I don't know, unless she's doing like kickboxing classes and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think based on the evidence, Martha Kent gets it. Love it. Now this one isn't a fist fight. This one is a verbal fight. <laughs> so who wins in this argument? Gordon Ramsay. Or bricked up from smash from snatch. Well, that's easy. I don't. I, don't, I love Gold at Gordon Ramsay, and actually that show he does with uh, Gino DeCampo and Fred from. It's watched that from first dates, yeah. Oh yeah, the guy from first dates. They do a thing where they go on tour together, and it's it should work, but it's absolutely hilarious. Um, I can't remember what it's called though. I'll need to Google it. But um, no, I, I I don't think. Um, it's a difficult one because actually both their lines are scripted. I think um, I think Gordon Ramsay. I think a lot of his stuff is show. Whereas if you're looking at the character of the guy from Snatch, so I, I think um, I think he wins it in verbals because he's just really funny and actually it's the best thing in Snatch and it's a really good film. So um, I love Bricked Up. Yeah. yeah, I can confirm that Gordon Ramsay is a twat in real life as well. I, I always remember one where he was giving a girl, he was getting really, really angry in her face. I think it was on a kitchen, uh, Hell's Kitchen. And he was giving, he was right in her face and he was in her personal space, he was sharing her and she raised her hand to him and somebody caught it. I don't, don't know if it was him or somebody else caught it and he just looked at her and was like, don't be stupid. And I was like, fear this man, in any other situation in reality, like you would be getting a punch for the way you're speaking to people. You know, and I always really annoyed me. Um, and I, I think he, I think he um I, I watched that show and I really like him in that show where he goes around with Gino and Fred, but uh, I, I I often feel like even just the way he delivers his lines they're not real, and uh, whereas I'm a totally Brit up and um snatch even 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 though those are officially scripted lines uh, yeah yeah great what did you guys would you guys have it oh I said Brit up as well yeah. I've never seen Snatch, so I can't come back. Oh, that's good, man. Um, Jason Statham, before he became Jason, like, it's just cool. It's a a cool film. All those kind of films, like, uh, the old sort of early, who was, um, who was, who did Snatch? Um, Trying to remember his name. Guy Ritchie? Yeah, yeah. All the early Guy Ritchie stuff and the Neil Marshall stuff, and I know Neil Marshall has never reached the heights of Guy Ritchie, and, um, who else? Who else is the who British? Um, who did Train Spotting again? Danny Boyle. I love these early. I love these early films where like it's full of guys that are either sort of on the descent of their fame to some extent, or guys on the ascent. And obviously, Snatch is amazing because um, Jason is. I, I'm remembering 
snatched correctly. Jason Statham's in, isn't he? But it's before yeah, he became him and Brad Pitt are in it. Yeah, Brad Pitt's character is amazing. Yeah. Like, I just imagine Gordon Ramsay calling him an idiot sandwich and him just going, fuck off your cant and headbutting him or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. no, I agree. That was so, an easy one. Monster battle this time. Godzilla, Godzilla versus the Megazord from the Power Rangers. Godzilla? <laughs> oh, he answered that quickly. very disappointed. The Megazord's... I'm a bit of a power ranger geek, sorry. Uh, the, yeah, Megazord gets, the, the, the Megazord gets its arse handed to it all the time. The whole the whole thing about the Megazord is like they have to come up with a new strategy and usually it means like every year them changing the Megazord so that it just happens to be a bit more powerful. Whereas Godzilla is, he never changes and he's awesome. And uh, if he's getting his ass handed to him, he just like, I really like that. Did you watch, uh, what, was the new, just, what, is, what was the new film called with him? King in of Monsters. Oh, that's amazing. I, I I think it's a quality film. Um, and it's not re- it's not reviewed all the time very well. Um, but if you go in and just go with it, it's great. And the girl for, uh, the girl that plays Eleven's in it, and she's brilliant in it as well. Mm. I really like the new Godzilla films. Yeah, I really like that one. There's that, that, that awesome scene where she she is just a great actress. But there's a bit where um, and they obviously got her on the strength of Stranger Things. And went like, we need this girl in the film. Um, but there's a really awesome bit where. Um, King Ghidorah is like tearing shit up in Philadelphia and then you hear Godzilla's roar and she turns around and just her face is just incredible. She just, she has this, she's terrified obviously because she's been running away from King Ghidorah who's like a three-headed dragon for like 20 minutes and she's shitting herself. But she turns around (laughs) and she hears Godzilla and she's just got this amazing like, like, not sarcastic, just like a sneer and a grin because she knows that like, Godzilla is back and he's going to and that music that boom 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 that plays and you're like this is fucking great (laughs) 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 have you you, you seen the King of Monsters Tom? Nope oh man it's so good it's it's great they managed to put Mothra in there Mothra's a giant moth and they managed to make her not be shit in a film yeah it's quite impressive actually (laughs) (laughs) Now, last one, which I think you you two should have some fun with. Triple threat match. <laughs> Boris Johnson. Really Boris Johnson. Donald mm. Trump. Nicola Sturgeon. Oh, that's an easy one as well. Madame Sturgeon's got that all day. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that you call her mad. I've seen you call her like... Mrs. Sturgeon or, uh, and stuff like that on some of your yeah. stuff on Facebook, Tom. I'll, there's a weird thing up in Scotland that we call her Ur Nicola. Like, like she's just a lass. She's, like, she's a girl that lives in the town. Like, oh, that's our Nicola. But that's, um, that's a really Scottish thing anyway. But I think she's really good at... She's really good at... She's a really clever lady, I think. Um, and I must... I don't know. I, I Can I honestly put my hand up and say I, I haven't voted SNP before as well? But I really like her. Um, but obviously her politics and her as a person I can separate slightly and I think she's a really good leader and particularly in this crisis she's been great in the Covid crisis which is why I think she'd also win the fight because before she was a First Minister and before she was Deputy First Minister she was Minister of uh, she was in the Cabinet she was Minister of Health for Scotland so Scotland's really unhealthy right? because we have our deep <laughs> bars and our iron brew and like chronic alcoholism and 
we were we had we had the um, underage pregnancy capital of Europe for a long time up in Dundee. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's had to deal with in, in her time in office in that particular post. She's had to deal with a lot of crisis, but also I think because of that health aspect of her job, she knows where to like hit you to take you down and keep you down. She knows she knows like your uh, she knows like your like fucking ninja. Like if she catches you in the back of the knee, you'll go down and stay down. I think, uh, I think Donald Trump, probably of the three of them, looks more like he is engaged in the more unhealthy aspects of the Scottish diet. I know he spends a lot of time in Scotland, but um, when I say I go back to like deep fried Mars bars and alcoholism and stuff, I always think Donald Trump looks like he's about to, he's one binge away from like keeping his him down. And uh, <laughs> hey, Boris Johnson's a Tory and he can't fight, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think, I don't think Tories know how to use their fists. I think they just because they're they've never had to. This is it's the Martha Wayne argument again. So Boris Johnson was waffle on absolute shit for hours on end to do fucking nothing about anything. Donald Trump will stand there and be like, "We're the best thing, or the best thing ever. We're the greatest of the great, and we're the greatest ever. We'll take over here. We're the best thing ever." And he's, he's just not a cunt, and I hope he dies anyway. And. Uh, <laughs> Sturgeon's <laughs> Sturge was coming out and she was fucking clean house, mate. She won't even get touched. Have you watched any of this? Jeannie Godley on Facebook? No. Uh, she's your favourite thing ever. She's um what she does is she um she uh she take she pulls the audio out of Nicola Sturgeon speeches and then like dubs them over herself. But like she's always talking about like, right, I've told you, fucking stop it. <laughs> <laughs> she's great you need to watch that that stuff man it's brilliant um, I, I think that's a really easy one um, Nicola Sturgeon wins that hands down quite easily I think the other two boys are I think I think they're she's got youth on her side but also the other two boys are uh, the, the other two boys are just I think they're all they're all ball uh, here's a Scottish line for you they're all ball and they show um I think they, they they talk the talk and they waffle a bit, but I think when it came down to actually getting like into a scrap, she would she would have them easy. Yeah. Right. Last one because you are a comic guy. This one we had some fun with this one with our last person we gave this one to. Poison Ivy versus Groot. Versus Groot. Yeah, uh, I think um, I think Groot. I think uh, Poison Ivy is a great character, um, and actually, it, particularly in the comics, she's doing a really, she's doing really, really. They're touching on it now with like the Harvey, the Harley Quinn TV series, mm. but she's got a really, really. I love Harley Quinn in the comics. I despise most interpretations of her. Um, obviously, I, I don't, I don't really like the Margaret Robbie interpretation, and I didn't like what that did to Comic Cons for a couple of years back, where it was like. <laughs> And every just, Halloween, just, yeah. yeah, there's this over-sexualized character because um, there is a, there is a, there is obviously our sexuality is a big part of Harley Quinn, but I think it's when it's more when she's not round the Joker and she's actually been our uh, she's a really damaged character and our mental mm. health is explored quite a lot in the comics, but particularly her relationship with Poison Ivy is phenomenal. I think Poison Ivy Poison Ivy is very she's a really strong physical character, but she is. Um, she struggles a lot with her mental health, and that's that, that's quite thematic in the TV series, and, and in the current Harley Quinn TV series. But particularly in the um, 
um, in comics. Her, she, she's a really good character, and um, it's it's lovely. I really totally recommend anyone checking out some of the stuff that she does with um, Harley Quinn. And uh, there was a really awesome series that came out last year called Heroes in Crisis, which basically talked about um, a, a, a top secret, um, a top secret uh, facility where um, superheroes could go and treat their PTSD. Which was a really, really, really it's a really cool series, and actually it does some really controversial stuff with the Wally West Flash character. Um, I totally recommend it. It's a really cool series. Um, but um, Harley Quinn's a main character in it, and her relationship with Poison Ivy is explored quite a lot. Um, I think I, I I don't want to say too much because I'm I actually don't know too much about the, the over. I love reading about the relationship. I think it's a romantic one in some in some versions of the story. But uh, I think Poison Ivy is a strong character, but she's also very, very human. Whereas obviously Groot isn't; he's an alien. And I think, I think there's a morality and as a morality and a, I don't want to use the word weakness because it's not the right word. But there's a, a vulnerable element to Poison Ivy that I don't think exists in Groot. Um, my favourite bit in the Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, or one of my favourite bits is when he um, is when the all the guys rush them, and you think, oh fuck, here's another fight, and he just does that with his arms, and then like. He talks, smashes them against the walls yes. and he turns around, he turns around and smiles. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think Groot's a really good character and obviously there's the... I actually haven't read any Guardians of the Galaxy comics so I'm totally... Version, my, my Groot analysis is based purely on how he's interpreting the film. And I know there's a whole thing about we are Groot and there's a whole thing about him being really... Um, you know, like, I know in the Infinity Warriors, like, the, the joke is he's a total selfish, like teenager who's like playing computer games with all the shit's going on but um uh, i think he's i think he's a, a stronger character in terms of he doesn't give as much a shit as a uh, um poison ivy does so i think um i think he would win the fight simply because he's brutal and she's not i'm with you nice i'll go with that wonderful what, what, yeah, did, what did you say to that before what was what was the what was the verdict the last time um, uh, oh, Poison Ivy won. She, oh. he said that Poison Ivy would have won because she controls plants and all that sort of stuff. So she would have had some sort of power over him because it's a, it's a tree, essentially, isn't it? Alien yeah. tree. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's a good. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's the road he went down on. No, cool. That's interesting. That's why I actually love your show because, like, the it's 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 an it's an amazing grade for debate and. Um, I, I do. That's why. That's why I really enjoy it. I do. Like I said, like I purely went on character and how that would drive action. But obviously, you know, if well, there's, well, there's many. There's many avenues. There's, that's yeah. why we ask these questions because there's so many avenues you can go down. People go, "Fuck it, I didn't think of that." Yeah, so. was it a point, a point like where you 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 suggested that like, actually the manipulation and the element. I mean, I didn't even think of her powers. I thought, all right, so she's got plant based powers, but then actually, like, and you've seen it in the comics, a poison ivy's fucking raging. Then uh, you know she can she she's got the strength to end worlds you know so yeah, yeah. well Jeff thank you so fucking much for coming on man really yeah, appreciate it I'm sorry if I talked at you for too long oh, no, <laughs> no, we it. love it this is the back. point this is the whole point exactly you don't want to hear fuck we talk enough anyway so <laughs> the listeners have got another hour of us it's fine <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, cool. before we go plug all of your stuff mate the podcast the comic everything oh, yeah. tell us where we can yeah. find you. Um, 
I try to make sure everything's got an app for it, so like you can find most of my stuff on. So the the Brugaders, my my podcast, where the dynamic duo beers and comics uh, at at the Brugaders on Facebook or on Google or Instagram and Twitter. If you just uh, the Brugaders, you'd find us quite easily. And um, uh, the spirit of NK is the same. So NK is E N K I. She's uh, he. Sorry, is the old uh, Mesopotamian god of water. So yeah, if you can get through all the, if you type in Spirit of Inky and you can get through all the weird Wikipedia pages about him, you will find the uh, the Facebook links in that there. Um, and it was I, the Spirit of Inky dot Big Cartel dot com to yeah, yeah, yeah. To or something. I actually probably should have prepared that before I could hear. <laughs> if, if you Google the Spirit of Inky and then Big Cartel, you'd probably find it. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm on all social media with both with both my projects, so you would be able to find both of them, I think. Wonderful. And when we post this episode, we'll post all the links on our pages anyway. Oh, great. It's a packer in there. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, mate. I really appreciate it. We had a good laugh. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really told, I love to just chat shit. So. You guys have got one of the best podcasts for that format. So that's a, oh, you beautiful man, you. Stop it, you. No, don't stop it. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is this thing on? Well, howdy doody, everybody. This is Braden Berry from Say We Can Fly, founder of Stay Cozy Clothing, your one-stop shop for the coziest, most fashionable hoodies, T-shirts, and more. Gorsh, Mickey. That's right, folks. And we're proud to say that we are now sponsoring The Chronicles of Podcast. Ouch. Hosted by Tom and Jamie. <laughs> like, you can get 10% off, man. That's right, Shaggy. Just use the special code, The Chronicles, at checkout. Oh, boy. Oh.